welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 164, as the Islanders have survived to play at least one more game in this season. They beat the Hurricanes 3-2 in game five of their first round series at PNC Arena on Tuesday night. And with that, the Islanders closed to within 3-2 in the series. And Game 6 will be at UBS Arena on Friday night as the Islanders again will have to try and stave off elimination. And hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, and, and I really can't begin to tell you how happy the Islanders won on Tuesday. Not just because it allows me to keep covering the team that I so enjoy covering, but if you go back to episode 163, and I, I really wish you would if you hadn't listened, after uh, after the whole episode, Neil Best and I gave our predictions for what we thought would happen in Game 5, and both of us, uh, Neil first and then me, uh, after, you know, after basically... Uh, you know, killing the team for about 20, 25 minutes off their 5-2 loss in Game 4, where it really didn't seem like uh, the Islanders had much hope. Um, Both Neil and I predicted that the Islanders would get this series back to UBS Arena for a Game 6, and that's absolutely what is going to happen on Friday night. So, good job, Neil. Good job, me. And uh, uh, before delving into... Game five um, had a chance to talk to Cal Clutterbuck uh, about a couple of different items after the game five victory. And here was Cal's take on what happened on the PNC Arena ice. Obviously, you know, no surprises with you guys being all tenacious, especially in this spot. But coming off that last game, you know, as much as you can tell me what was said about, you know, trying to stay more disciplined, trying to, you know, not hurt yourselves in this game. Not much. You know, yeah. I think we're, we were aware that uh, that cost us. Um, so I think we uh, we obviously did a better job of that today. Yeah, I mean, we, what did you take out of this game in terms of, you know, how you can play this team, you know, going forward? It's been a, it was similar to probably the first couple of games here and most of the two games in New York. Uh, it's going to be tight and it's going to be just not much room. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we managed to score an extra one tonight. So. <laughs> After two minutes of them skating six on five, you know, what did it feel like when that buzzer actually did sound? Oh, it's uh, obviously it's nice, you know. it's uh, We came here to win the game and so... Uh, when the buzzer goes, that goal that goal gets realized, and then you get to move on to the next one, which is which is uh, obviously uh, Friday. Now, are the Islanders good enough? Actually, hold on, strike that. It's not whether they're good enough. It's are they capable of winning two straight and completing a rally from the 3-1 series deficit. The Islanders and the Hurricanes are in incredibly evenly matched, although they're they're playing somewhat different games. Uh, the Hurricanes are still out-shooting the Islanders uh, and out-chancing them. Uh, they had 36 shots. Their shot advantage was 36-22. 
and the uh, the 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 chance advantage was was greater. That was seventy six to uh, forty one, I believe. Um, if I'm doing my math correctly, and probably not, but uh, I'm solid on the seventy six. And yeah, you know the 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 point being that the 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 Hurricanes are still possessing the puck a lot. They're still playing a lot up ice. And look, we, we said at the beginning of the series that Ilya Sorokin is probably going to have to steal a game or two uh, for the Islanders to win this series. Well, game five, I, I think, was really the first game where Ilya Sorokin stole a game for for the Islanders and the Islanders did some good things. They they got through the neutral zone uh, a little bit better. Uh, you know Matthew Barzell was skating nicely. Um, the the Brock Nelson line with Pierre Engvall and and Kyle Palmieri was uh, you know they've been consistent and uh, both Nelson and Engvall had a goal and an assist. But the takeaway from Game Five w- was Ilya Sorokin. Um, he makes. 36, uh, 34 saves. Sorry about that. Yeah, 34 saves, but it, it was it was the saves he was making. Um, you know, there, there have been a couple of questionable goals in the series, which you're not used to from Ilya Sorokin. Uh, certainly the, the shot off his mask um, from a sharp angle. You know, I, I know that's the trend now in the NHL. Shooters are... Trying to bank the the shot in off of there, but that that was a questionable one. And then, uh, you know, just weird things like uh, the the Islanders Sebastian Ajo kind of swatting the puck back, and Sorokin was in position to make that save, but the puck hits the ice in front of him and takes like a a football bounce off to off to the side, and that's a goal. But uh, Ilya Sorokin was absolutely rock solid in game five and for the first time in the series the islanders had a decided advantage in the net you know anti ranta wasn't wasn't that bad um he only had he only faced 22 shots made 19 saves but anti ranta didn't make the big save to uh you know save the game for the uh for the hurricanes whereas uh Sorokin and what I'm thinking of is uh, the Hurricanes have been really hurting, especially on the power play or particularly on the power play, uh, these backdoor passes. And uh, they had another one. And uh, Sorokin in the second period finally uh, uh, stopped, uh, I believe that was uh, Ajo at the post. I can tell you that in a, in a second here. But the point was that Sorokin you know, finally anticipated that and uh, it got to the point uh, where where he was able to get in front of it. He, we, we spoke to him after the game and, you know, he, he says this a lot, but he was talking about the luck of the, the puck going into the stick. But he really uh, anticipated well. I'm sorry, it wasn't Sebastian Ajo, the Hurricane Sebastian Ajo. That was uh, Seth Jarvis's backdoor power play attempt in the in the second period, and Sorokin sliding over to his left, and, and really anticipating uh, the play. And uh, Sorokin, um, quoting him here, said, "Last game, it was the same goal. 
today I was lucky he made he made the shot into my glove. You know, luck was on my side. Um, but no, I, it's obviously more than that. Um, you know, and I asked Ilya Sorokin about, you know, his mindset coming into an elimination game. And uh, Ilya said, I'm just trying to think about what I can control about my game. Uh, it's period by period, and we're just trying to win. Um, so, you know, he was coming off a performance where he allowed five goals on 29 shots in that 5-2 loss in Sunday afternoon's Game 4 at UBS Arena. And, you know, whether or not, you know, those goals were Ilya's fault or not, um, ultimately, you know, the goaltenders are expected. You, you can't expect, you can't win when, when you're giving up five goals. And I know Ilya knows that. And, you know, two goals. If, if the Islanders give up two goals in Game 6, they probably get to a Game 7. And if they get, if they give up two goals in a in a game seven, they they probably win the series. I mean that that's not a gimme. Um, given that uh, uh, they they lost the first game in Carolina, game one, they lost uh, two to one. But that that's that's the sweet zone, you know. Uh, the games they lost, the Hurricanes score four goals and. In in game two, that was an overtime winner. Uh, the Islanders can't hold the three two series lead there. You know, a five one win in game three, all good. Ilya Sorokin uh, makes thirty saves there. Looks looks good, but uh, again, you know, giving up five goals. Uh, that's that's a, uh, it's, and again, not all on Ilya, but he's you know, uh, that's the goalie's job is to. Uh, be better than that. So, uh, you know, I, I would think uh, Ilya gives up two goals per game here. I, I think the Islanders can win. And again, he, you know, with the pressure uh, and the way the Hurricanes play up ice, it's probably going to have to be, you know, if they get those two wins, it's probably because Ilya stole another game uh, in one of those two. Um, look, the, the Hurricanes are beat up there. This is a battle of attrition. Uh, as playoff series tend to be, um, and, and and in terms of that, the Islanders are, are winning that. You know, still uh, playing very physically. Uh, the hits uh, um, in this game were thirty three twenty seven for the Islanders. Um, they had that game where uh, uh, game two was fifty four hits. Uh, they, the issue was discipline in in game. Four and for the most part, the Islanders were a little bit better. Um, you know, Cal Clutterbuck takes that mean penalty um, that that's in the second period, and I thought that was, you know, that 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 was avoidable. Um, kind of a flyby, and luckily, I don't think you know Cal's certainly not looking to hurt him there, but uh, I think he was trying to slow him up. And I think he needed to have a little bit more presence of mind there. He can't take a penalty there. Um, Noah Dobson uh, at the blue line gets called for interference uh, to negate an Islanders power play. But really, given the way the Islanders power play has been going and the way it's been sapping momentum, 
Um, skating four on four is probably optimal for the Islanders. And, and you saw it right away. Uh, Matthew Barzell, uh, you know, uh, he scores a, a four on four goal, uh, off, a off a rush. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I know in the press box, we were sort of joking about what a smart play Noah Dobson made there, uh, to get the Islanders off the power play. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Hurricanes, like I said, they're, they're beat up and they get another one, although he came back. Um, Sebastian Ajo, the Hurricane Sebastian Ajo, takes a hard puck to the mouth on a Pierre Engvall shot. And uh, uh, Brock Nelson is, is, is Sebastian Ajo, the Hurricane Sebastian Ajo, is sort of starting to fall to the ice with blood coming out of his lip and mouth. Uh, after getting hit up there uh, by the shot, uh, Brock Nelson, with the presence of mind, he's standing right there. She sees the puck come off Ajo's face, and he swats it out of the air and, and past Ranta, and that's a 2 nothing lead. And uh, the thing that really worked for the Islanders tonight, regardless of whether you know they were the better team tonight, and, and Rod Brindamore, you know, after the game, indicated that he thought his team, you know, didn't get beat in this game. You know, he goes, we lost, but we didn't get beat because Rod thought, you know, his team was perhaps the better team tonight. Uh, regardless of that, um, what the Islanders did tonight was that they scored a, a goal in the first period. And that's the, uh, was it, the first time in 10 playoff games they had scored a, a first period goal. And it was the first time in 25 playoff games where they had the lead after the first period. I mean, it just roll those numbers around your head. They're, they're, they're incredible uh, that the Islanders have actually had a little bit of playoff success um, in past seasons with those kind of daunting numbers against them. Um, but so with the Islanders never trailed in this game. It's the first time in the series. You know, they take a 2 nothing lead, and uh, yeah, the, the Hurricanes get it back to, to 2-1, but then uh, the Matthew Barzell 4-4 uh, and on a 2-on-1 rush, he keeps it instead of giving it up to uh, Bo Horvat, uh, and that's 3-1. And then in the third period, the Islanders sort of played a lockdown game. They were good about getting their pucks out, uh, certainly over the first 10 minutes. And then the Hurricane Sebastian Ajo uh, brings it within 3-2 at 10-28. Um, but still, even the last two minutes um, with the Hurricane skating six on five with Antti Ranta pulled for an extra skater, I think they only got two shots in, the, in that um, in that stretch. So the, the, the Islanders, and the Islanders were... were uh, fanatical about blocking shots in this game. They, they had 21. Uh, the Hurricanes only had four. So the Islanders, you know, nothing pretty about them. Absolutely nothing pretty about this performance, but they did sell out and uh, um, uh, protect their goalie. And then, like I said, the goalie really uh, uh, stole one uh, beyond that. But so Sebastian Ajo did come back. The Hurricane Sebastian Ajo did come back to the game uh, that that's lucky for the uh, for the Hurricanes. They're already without Tuvo Teravainen, um, who got hurt, uh, broken hand, had surgery. Um, that was on a, a slash by JG Peugeot, or uh, not a slash, but uh, Peugeot got his stick on, on the hand. Um, Svechnikov, Andrei Svechnikov, has been out. 
uh, hasn't played in the playoffs, won't play in the playoffs. Max Pacioretty has been out even longer, won't play. And then even in the, in the Hurricanes' morning skate, uh, defenseman uh, Shane Gustus Bahir and Jalen Chatfield uh, both sort of left the ice for separate reasons. Uh, they were both able to play in Game 5, but, you know, uh, Rod Brindamore was asked after the morning skate, you know, you know, how much is too much? And, you know, is he wondering about why me? And and he said, at this point, sure, just, you know, pile it on. You know, it's, they're used to, to the injuries. Um, speaking of injuries, um, goalie Frederick Anderson was able to back up Antti Ranta uh, for game five. Uh, he missed the last game with a, uh, some kind of injury. Uh, Brenda Moore said he tweaked something. Previous two games, he hadn't dressed because of illness. So I, I think Brenda Moore has a real, you know, question here. Antti Ranta has been okay. Uh, he's been good in the series. Uh, the, the Hurricanes certainly up three to two. Um, but does Brenda Moore turn to Frederick Anderson in game six? And, uh, you know, I said before the series went uh, started, and that's because, uh, you know, Brenda Moore sort of indicated this, uh, that he expected to play both guys in this series. And uh, Antti Ranta has not been an, uh, a goalie in his career, uh, certainly uh, not with the Hurricanes, who is usually playing long stretches of games. Um so it, w- it wouldn't shock me if uh, the Hurricanes turned to Frederick Anderson in Game 6. Now, as far as the Islanders, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, are-, are they capable of winning, you know, two more games in a row? They- they've spent the whole season uh, doing things you-, you would not think would be the out- outcome. They're almost like the George Costanza of the NHL. They do the opposite uh, of what you think. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking... You know, specifically that the the penultimate game of the regular season, they go to Washington, they got everything to play for and playoff destiny in their hands, and then they're down two goals 63 seconds in, and then you have to sweat it out and beat the Canadians in the uh, regular season finale just to get in. Um, the Islanders, uh, let's see, they, they had... A five-game winning streak and a four-game winning streak before the end of November. Since then, they've had four three-game winning streaks. Uh, the last one was March 15th through 21st. Um, it, I, I, I just I think it's asking a lot for this team to win three straight against the Hurricanes, especially with a Game 7 uh, back at PNC Arena. Now, uh, entering Game 5, uh, the Hurricanes had been nine at one at PNC Arena uh, this pl- this playoff series and uh, last season's playoff series where uh, they had two series um, against the Bruins and the Rangers um, against the Bruins the home in a seven game series home team won every game and then against the Rangers that pattern held true through the through the first six games before the Rangers came to Carolina and won Game Seven, but. Uh, the the Hurricanes, the point being, they, they don't lose much on home ice in the playoffs. So uh, a Game 7 down here is going to be a, a, a tall task. But um, look, the Islanders do get last change in Game 6. And it'll be interesting to see how Coach Lane Lambert comprises his lines after uh, very, you know, maybe midway through the first period, he split up Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell. He, and that's to get 
that line, the Horvat Barzell Lee, just trying to get him away from the Jordan Stahl line. And uh, for this game, the Jordan Stahl line had Jesper Faust on the right wing and Stefan Nason on the left wing. And, and that's been a line that's just, you know, bedeviled uh, the Islanders' top line through the series. Uh, it, it's like, you know, Jordan Stahl's line isn't even looking to play offense. Uh, they're just looking to shadow and, and and pester those guys. So so Lane Lambert splits them up, and a little bit is about you know the the matching, but a, a little bit is also maybe because you know Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell just haven't been producing together. So back at home, game six, I, Lane Lambert has a little bit more control over which line is playing against which. Be interesting to see whether he puts Bo Horvat back with Anders Lee and Matthew Barzell. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot uh, moved into a uh, uh, that's that slot between Barzi and uh, and and Anders Lee, while Horvat uh, took uh, JG's spot uh, on that third line uh, between Hudson Fashing, who, by the way, had a, a, just a, a a noticeably strong game five. Um, Fashing uh, Fashing plays twelve minutes, two shots. Uh, a couple of takeaways, but he was just hard on the puck all over the place, and uh, it was it was clearly his best game of the series. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the line changes. Uh, Matthew Barzell was asked after the game about the line tweaks, and here was uh, uh, Barzi's reaction to it. You know, we we hadn't scored, or you know, sometimes you just you change it up, and um, just to find something, find a different rhythm. Um, They've been doing a good job with matchups, so kind of relieve a little bit of that uh, tension, uh, you know, with Bo and, and, you know, me and Lizzie. Um I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, helped in our favor. I felt it was it was just, just something that maybe needed to, be, to happen. And, and um, yeah, I felt like uh, his line and then our line, you know, both, both were playing well. Now, Matt Barzell looked as good in Game 5 as he has since returning uh, from a 23-game absence from a knee injury, uh, for Game One of the series, his his skating was really really strong. Um, he he was more noticeable. He he scored a goal on the four and four, picked his spot uh, with a wrist shot over Ranta's glove. Um, you know, he said Brent Burns was playing the pass pretty good. Um, he had Bo Horvat down on the two-on-one rush with him, and he chose to uh, shoot, and that's something that Barry Trotz always tried to get Barzy to do more of. Um, so I thought Barzy looked really good in Game 5, and he seems to be hitting his stride. Um, you know, he said normally, all things being considered, it, it might take a player eight, nine, ten games of game action to to really get back and running from the kind of injury he had he doesn't have the the luxury of that so yet he you know he just had one shot the it was a goal but he just had the one shot and, and he only had twelve thirty of ice time in game five so uh, Matthew Barzell was also asked after the game uh, just to kind of self assess where he thinks he's at you know it feels feels not bad. Um... Again, you know, this is the playoffs, and you're really just doesn't matter how you how you're feeling. It's just about uh, doing whatever you can to to get a win. So, um, fortunate to get a goal tonight. Feel like, um, 
handling the puck and skating the neutral zone and just the speed of the game. I've got back into rhythm a little more the last couple of games. So, um, yeah, just just getting a little bit a little bit smoother every night. Yeah, as I mentioned, Matt Barzell's ice time of, of twelve thirty. I thought that was a little bit curious. Lane Lambert kept throwing the fourth line out. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck logged logged thirteen twenty nine. Casey Sezikis logged nineteen oh four, which is well above. What, what Casey usually does, and, and it, it, it was odd because I thought it was a really rough game for the identity line, including Matt Martin. I, I thought they spent way too much time in their own zone, and Lane sort of kept kept going to them. And, you know, I know in the third period they're, they're trying to play more defensive, um, but I, I just... It was odd to me that that Matthew Barzell would get less ice time than either uh, Clutterbuck or Casey Sezikis. Um So, so the fourth line wasn't great. Lambert altered the other two lines, but the the Brock Nelson line with Pierre Engvall and Kyle Palmieri uh, was still really, really good. As I mentioned, um, Pierre Engvall had his first career playoff goal. Ian Nelson both had a goal and an assist, um, and and it all, you know, led to a 3-2 victory. But nothing came easy from the opening face-off right to that final horn. Um, the, 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 the Hurricanes spent more than two minutes uh, leading up to that final horn, skating six on five. I think they only got two shots, as I mentioned. But still, at 3-2, Nothing was guaranteed for the Islanders I- until uh, that, that final horn sounded. And, and you also had the feeling that if the Hurricanes could come back from a 3-1 deficit in the third period, if they got to overtime, they would find a way to win in overtime. So I, I thought it was absolutely a, a must for the Islanders to pull that out in regulation. And here, here's Pierre Engvall on what it felt like finally hearing that, that horn a- at the end of the game. You know, great feeling. You know, we had uh, we had to win the game to keep it going. So um, I mean, unbelievable feeling. But at the same time, uh, nothing is done yet. So uh, you know, just focus on the next game. So that would be the horn for the uh, for the ending of uh, episode one sixty four of Island Ice Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. Game six is Friday night at UBS Arena. As the Islanders try and stave off elimination once again. And until the next episode, happy hockey, everybody.